0: Good morning, everybody. Good to be with you guys. Good to have you all in here today. How many of you guys went to the, and gals, went to, the, uh, went to see the dance recital this weekend? Yeah. Okay, a few of you. That was awesome every year, I've been, I guess three or four times now, I come out of that time I'm like, oh my gosh, this is incredible, the talent that's in here, and you know, we've had, and there's some multiple generations in here, I think, of people who've been dancers and stuff, uh, so it's super cool, i I'm amazed, like, I'm sitting there, like, Annie's one of the seniors who's going to be leaving, uh, um, and it's always kind of a big deal in the dance world, you know, when they leave, and, uh, uh, but like, I don't know how many dances y'all do, but I'm like, I can remember like this and I'm done. And you guys remember all that stuff. It's amazing. It's, it's awesome. Beautiful. But I don't want you to think, uh, you know, I, I'm not a great dancer. I know it might come as a surprise. Oh, <laughs> but I don't want you to think, I don't want you to think, I, I want, I was inspired just kidding just kidding okay let's go okay I'm kidding I don't have a dance routine you are scared for me to break out into something weird um, slip into something a little tighter uh, So, we started a new series, changing gears just a little bit. Uh, it's, called, uh, it's called Speaking of God in the Psalms. So, we're looking at uh, these different Psalms, a few of them, to see what they say about who God is. Uh, and when, you know, just the title, Speaking of God in the Psalms, or a series on Psalms, I, to me, being someone who loved, has followed the Lord for a long time, you know, that sounds really cool. But I think to a lot of people, you might say, okay, I don't even know what a psalm is for sure. It's spelled wrong, for one thing, and uh, the letters are messed up. So, you know, what, what is that? Why is it important? It's, it is critical that we know who God is. We have to know who he is and who he is not, because our world has told us a lot of stuff about who God is, and we cannot be confused about that. And the psalms are the songs of these Hebrew writers are a beautiful place to find out who God is and who God is our, about our relationship with Him, how we interact with Him and understand what it is to be in relationship with a God like this. And they, they reflect the brokenness of man, like just like Tyler prayed a moment ago, the triumph and the tragedy that we go through, and how do we figure that out in relationship to a good God? What does that mean? So that's... that's the, the question we'll be answering is, is, what do the Psalms say about who God is? The writers of the Psalms, the songs. Uh, and today, as we heard from Emma, we're going to be in Psalm 119. So we jump from 1 to 119. And there are 150 Psalms, so there are a whole bunch of them. And Psalm 119 is the longest one. It has like 160 verses. We're only going to cover like 80 today. Just kidding. We're not really going to do that. Uh, that would take a really long time. But one of the cool things about Psalm 119, if you look at it, is that uh, in those 160-something verses, it's broken up into eight-verse sections. And those eight-verse sections each have uh, a weird little word on top of it. So if you see it in your Bible, or I'm not sure it'll be up on the screen, but look it up in your uh, in your phone or whatever it is. It'll, it'll have like a weird little word and then eight verses and then a weird little word and then eight verses and so forth. Well, those, the, those weird little words are the, the, the Hebrew alphabet letters. And so the first one you'll see if, if you have that is Aleph, A-L-E-P-H, Aleph. And Aleph, all of the eight verses, the first eight verses start with that letter. And then the next one is Bet, B-E-T-H, and all of those uh, verses... So 9 through, you know, and so forth, are uh, start with that letter. And you'll see that unfold throughout the whole thing. Now, we're only going to look at, as, as uh, Emma read, we're only going to look at a few verses this morning. Uh, we're going to take 1 and 2 as a start, and then 9 through 14. And the reason for that is not because we want to skip over something or not talk about all 80 verses, even though I'm sure that you're dying to sit here while I talk about 80 verses. Uh, but... Uh, the, the point is that, that those few verses talk about some poignant issues that are revealed and, and spoken about throughout all the verses of this song. So, we're going to drill down to those and use them as our guide as we go through this morning. And the, uh, the, the way I titled this message, it, for, at least for myself, and then hopefully for you too, is the foundation of trust. The foundation of trust... In God. The foundation of the trust in God is the word of God. Because okay, so I'm, I'm making that proposition to you now in the title. The foundation of trust or trusting God is the word of God. And I'll show you more about that in the passage, but since I've started preaching uh, just a few years ago when I came here, I've done a lot of Bible study. More than I ever thought I would do. And it's great. But one of the things that I've learned, I've seen throughout the Bible, as we've studied all over it, is that there is this ongoing narrative of humans, of people who are trying to relate to God, not trusting in what he says. So, you know, the very first story that you can think of, you know, when you're talking about creation and Adam and Eve and and the temptation, he said, just don't do this one thing, trust me. Okay, but they thought, we know better, we have a better way. And that just plays out so beautifully and truthfully in our lives throughout all history. And if you look at the scripture, and you even look in this story or other psalms, this psalm or others and stories in the New Testament, it's so often about God shows us how he created us, what that framework is that we ought to live in, like fish in water. That's where they live. This is how it works. This is the structure in the scripture, the Bible, the words of the Bible tell us that and they reveal who he is. And then we say, I don't know. I think I'm going to do this. And that's the story of the brokenness and the consistent problems that we step into time after time after time. So the foundation of trust in God is the word of God. It's, it's built on knowing him through the words of the Bible. All right? So I just want to set that out front. So here's the question for you to be answering and for me to be answering as we're going through this today and as you think about this, this passage coming days. Can knowing God through his word truly fulfill me? That, that's the question. Do I believe that? Do I trust that? Because that's what the Bible says. Can knowing God through his word truly fulfill me? So that's, that's the question that we've got to wrestle with because that's, that reveals whether I trust or not. If I had that foundation, let me say it this way, the foundation that is the word of God, the knowledge about him is the thing that helps, the first step that helps allow us to trust and find fulfillment in Him. That's the that's the foundation. So uh, that's the question. The psalmist, in this case, in one nineteen, emphatically says, "Yes, the Word of God will teach you about who He is, so much so that you will be fulfilled." So that's that's the thing that He's saying. And the question we have to answer is: Is do we believe that? Do we trust it? And how do we trust it? By knowing His Word. So last week, if you were here, we, the author of Psalm 1, where we were, that author, he, uh, he was kind of like a coach. He's saying, hey, these things are coming up here. If you guys were here, you remember this. If you didn't, um, it's like a 75-minute message online. and go listen to it. Um, I'm kidding. It wasn't that bad. But um, you, he, it's almost like he's running alongside us as if we're an athlete and he's a coach and we trust him and he's saying, look up ahead. This is coming. Go this way. This is the right way to go. Knowing God is the right way to go. Choose this, choose this, choose this. And he's, he's just continuous, almost like he's yelling it at us, but in a, in a poetic sort of a way. Well, the, the psalmist today, the guy that we're going to read from today, is more like someone who is speaking from personal experience. This is what it was like for me to follow God. This is what it was like for me to know his word. This is what it is like if you do, because I'm just passive. I've done that, he's saying. I've done this hear me, let me tell you my testimony, let me tell you my, tell you my story. So he's, he's kind of sharing it from, from that perspective. So I think we can read it like that. So what I want to do is, for, verse 1 and 2 shares this promise, and, he's, and, he, shared, and he gives us the promise twice. It, it starts with this word, in verse 1 and 2, both start with, in Hebrew, the word the letter Aleph. Okay, Blessed. The word blessed is the first word. Now, when you read that, you might go, "Okay, good. Blessed, and a big deal. I get that." But what "blessed" really means—it does mean blessed—but the full connotation of the word is it means happy. So, uh, happy is is a big promise. I mean, isn't that what we really want? We want to be happy. So there's there's a thing like that some, and I've done this and, and I'll probably do it again, but it's a theological understanding of happy, the word happy, which we call joy, which basically means contentment in misery. Okay, you've probably heard a message on that before. Okay, it is true that as we follow Jesus in difficult times, when the weather comes, when the storms come, which they do come, there will be hard times. That's when we find joy, this deep rooted joy, because we know him. But this word means happy. Okay? Now, I look for happiness everywhere. Perhaps you look for it too. I want, you know, I want to be seen as successful. I want to be seen as dressed right. Nobody else feels that way. I want to have the right gear. I want to have the right friends. I want to be able to lift the right amount of weight. Yeah, I'm looking at you. Yeah. (laughs) Climb the biggest climb, be the best gear, do the most radical thing, be the best athlete, be the most successful marriage, whether this, you know, just money, whatever it is. You know, this is, I've sung this song to you a lot of times from up here. We're all just looking for that next present that we can open that's going to make us not joyful, but happy. Like, this is going to work. Sure, when I get that new whatever it is, it's going to work. We're sure of it. And we're always after that thing that's different and better. It's okay. God. Okay, God made us that way. So let's just accept that. But when that becomes our focus and we start to have a problem, and we I know all of you know exactly what I'm talking about. We want those things somehow. So... He says, Blessed are those whose way is blameless. Blessed who those are those who walk in the law of the Lord, the word of God. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, know and understand the stories about him and his law, who seek him with their whole heart. There's this promise of blessing, of happiness. So happiness really means a smile on your face. I'm happy. Now it's not a weird permanent happy. That would be weird. Nobody's always happy. There's a problem, right? (laughs) We're skeptical of the always happy. That's not what that means. But the word of God is something that when we know that and we know who God is through it, that there is happiness, a true smile that comes to our face because of it. That's what he's saying. That's the thing he's setting up. Do you believe it? You know. So uh, then... This guy throws out like the biggest test of that of that proposition that he could ever throw out. I think, okay. He doesn't say like he doesn't say well. And if you know the Word of God and you seek after God and you know His testimonies, commandments, you know, then um, you'll be able to be a nice person sometimes, or you'll handle your money more effectively, or. You'll um, have a, you know, you'll be more humble, and you'll have better relationships. Now he says that you can keep your way pure if you know God's word. Now, for many years of my life, I asked God, God, why is it that sexual temptation is so powerful? What is going on? How can you allow this? This is so powerful. It's hard for men. It's hard for women. Sexual temptation is a major problem, and all of us know it. And I know you don't want to raise your hand and say, I understand. It's okay. (laughs) I've so many times said, Lord, why do I have to look that way? Why did I do that? Why did I put that in my head? Why? What is this temptation? Why is this happening? Why are you allowing this? Why could? If you just took care of that one thing, it would be so much better. So when he says you will be happy, in other words, there is something better that is pure. That it- so when he says purity, when he says how can a young man keep his wife pure, he's talking about sexual purity in this situation or sexual morality. He's setting that up against his promise. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like the biggest test. Can you really be blessed? Can you really be happy and overcome sexual temptation? And, and, you know, it does say young man, but let's just say, let's remember, it, it involves all of us, male and female of all ages. So is that true? Uh just uh you know, I want to be as straightforward as I can. I think one of the easiest ways to talk about sexual purity, especially when I'm if you know if I'm thirteen, fourteen, six, eight, twenty, and and on up, thinking about what does that mean? It means faithfulness to one person. So it's, you know, you can wrestle with that later and see if you agree with me, but Purity means that there is only one person that, it, that there will be a sexual relationship with. Now, all of us have struggled, messed that up, broken that in some way or another. Jesus says himself, all I have to do is think about this. And I know that covers three or four of us. Maybe five. This is not a story and talking about purity is not a story of pointing fingers and saying, you stink. No, what this is, is saying, I understand, and I'm pointing you, I'm giving you relief, uh, exit strategy, hope. This is not the Bible coming down and saying, oh yeah, you're all bad. No, we know we're bad, we didn't need to be told that, we know we have problems, we know we're sinful, we know we lost. we know all these things. But, but he's saying, in what the whole story of the Bible is, is release and freedom to be in a right relationship with God because we're clean, not because we do good stuff or fix our brain or don't make mistakes, but because Jesus died for us. Do do you see what I'm saying? I'm not telling you this to condemn you or you're struggling. You would be taking the word of God completely wrong. So there is this tension, but the the beautiful thing uh, about the Bible is um, that... It gives us a, a framework as we learn to, to know God and know who He is within which the, the way He created us to operate works. You know, does that, does that make sense? The Bible are the words that inform us about the things that we're, we were sort of thinking. Like, man, being unfaithful is a bad idea. Right? We kind of thought that. But it doesn't say it somewhere else. It says it in here. You guys got the... Bring me that stuff there. Um, Yeah, yeah just... Uh, yeah, if you guys wouldn't mind, just pile that. Yeah, just right there. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, stack it up kind of tall. Super dry, I think, yeah. Doesn't have to be perfect, though, Nate. It, yeah, just yeah, get it going. See, um, we, we're so intent on our, the things that we think are going to make us happy that we'll do almost anything and rationalize almost anything to find those things outside of what the Word of God tells us. Okay, and if I'm just talking about me, that's okay. It's my story. Um but uh I thought oh um I thought maybe I would uh just illustrate this for you, a friend of mine. Just make sure oh sorry, sorry there, I got a little bit out on you. (laughs) Uh, Um yeah, a second here. A little nervous about this, but okay. Now, you guys are wondering, what? <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's not going to light a fire. I'm not going to do that. Because that would be nuts to light a fire in the middle of this place, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be stupid. So this is the reason that we have fireplaces, right? I, have the, I don't have one, really, a good one, but... Um, you have a fireplace to put the wood in and light the fire that's supposed to go in the fireplace. And the Bible tells us that there's a fireplace, and that's why when you build a fire outside of the fireplace, it doesn't work. It doesn't matter if you build a fire in your mind, if you act on it, it doesn't matter where, how, when you build the fire and so yeah we're talking about sexual temptation or sexual activity right now outside when you put it in the fireplace it works and this is, so what the bible is doing is explaining to us who God is how he made us and he's saying in the area of sexual purity you can actually trust me that i can make you happier than building the fire somewhere else okay now that's a big thing, like when the, when the question comes up and the opportunity comes up, I have to ask myself, do I believe it? And the best way to know is, the best way to be uh, encouraged in that, he's saying is to know God's word. So can knowing God, through knowing his word, really bring me happiness, make me blessed, or meet my needs or my desires or my wants, fill up those boxes Well, he he gives us uh, three, the verses that we're going to pull out, he gives a ton, but we're just going to look at three, starting verse nine, three little places where he kind of gives us the next step for encouraging us in his testimony for uh, how to know the word of God. So he's going to encourage us there. So I want to give you what I think is his encouragement. So three words that he uses there, and, and we'll use seek, store, and treasure. So seek after, store up, and treasure. Seek, store, and treasure. So speaking of seek, or seeking, look at verse 10. With my whole heart, I seek you. With my whole heart, I seek you, God. Let me not wander from the path of your commandments. This idea of a, Pathway that the Word of God provides for us for knowing Him is is throughout the Bible. It's a great, it's a metaphor that's used there a lot. There's this, there is a route, there is a way to go, and, and within that, it's it's worn, and there is direction, and there's a place that we're going, and there's somewhat a level of security on that path. Now, CB is a place where we understand the importance of a path or a route, right? We really get that. Now, if we're in a town in a city somewhere, we might talk about a you know, a wide concrete pathway somewhere or something. But in our case, we really, we understand there's like danger often outside of the route. Danger outside of the path. Uh, I remember, uh, and Drew told me this, um, and I'm pretty sure that I got it right, and I didn't check it with him before, but, I, but you guys can correct me if, if I get it wrong. So he and, and Noel have climbed or or gone through the route that goes to Capitol Peak. And some of you have done that. I've only seen it from way down below. It's beautiful, the lake down there. And you look up, it's Capitol Lake, you look to Capitol Peak, and you can see the the route from this one hump across this ridge to another. The way to get to Capitol Peak is you you climb up these scree fields, lots of different ways you can go. But when you get to the top, there's only one route that is safe to get to Capitol Peak. There's only one. Because if you go one side or the other, it ends badly because it's a really long fall. But there's a safe way to go across the top, okay? So if you ever hear stories or have seen it or if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. We understand the idea that there might be one way to go that is right, that the route tells us is right, that says this is the pathway. Do we not get that? We get it. Is it can it not be true with the Word of God? Because we want to say, let me, let me put that on belay, God. Let me hold on that for a second, because I'd like to go this way. Well, okay. He he gives us that choice. The open air is available to us. But there there is a route that we understand is the best way to get somewhere. We get that, and it's true in the Bible. So when he, when he says, I seek after you, I, I want to know And when I do that, I'm knowing your commandments. His commandments are, you know, I would say they're like the route, those commandments. And he's specifically saying the the rules that you gave us that make life work. So when I know those things, that helps me. It helps me not blow through the stop signs of life into major problems. So just wanted to kind of give you an understanding of that metaphor, this pathway that will continually come up in the book of Psalms as we go through this. But he says, seek God, I'm going to seek you, God, with my whole heart. Now, the word uh, seek is really a strong one. And I'm aware of this word seek, like if I'm seeking after God, like seeking after him through his word, that's an intense thing. Like when you lose something you really want, I like get psycho. I don't know about you. That, I, if you do, then you're with me. I just, I'm like, oh God, find that I'm thinking about it when I leave my house. I'm thinking about it when I come back. Where is it? Right? We get crazy about the things that we value. Um, remember one time I was, uh, back in my earlier days, I used to guide hiking trips and stuff like that. And so we, it was one of my early ones and I learned from this. Uh, but uh, we had a group of 10 or 12 high school kids and uh, we were doing, like, a three-mile, you know, segment. But just before, it was, like, two or three in the, in the afternoon. And uh, so, good group of kids, strong group of kids. Two of them said, hey, do you mind if we just go ahead? Because a couple of those guys are really slow. and We just want to go up. We'll just wait for you at the next fork, the signpost. I'm like, okay, okay, don't ever do this, okay? <laughs> <laughs> So they go ahead, it's no big deal, There's one trail, there's no forks, anything like that till the very end. There's a sign, I've been there before, I know what it looks like. Big old sign, one way or the other way. Well, we get to that a few hours later at 5:30 or so, and they're not there. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've made a really bad mistake. And so we start this insane hunt. And if ever the definition of the word seek was burned into my head. That was it. I was seeking those people. I was very concerned and seeking with all my might. We divided up. We had a plan running up, you know, above the trail through the woods so we could see down and see where they were. I mean, we just came back together. Finally, they came back. They had just missed the sign at dark. They didn't have everything they needed to survive that night either. So a hard lesson that I learned. But it also, whenever I read the word seek in the Bible now, it like leaps off the page at me. I'm going to seek you, God. Like when He says that, I'm like, "Oh yeah, I know what that means." It's not just looking for my keys. This is something. This is life and death. I need to plan. I need to go after this. Seek God, and we seek Him through knowing His commandments, through knowing His word. So seek. That's the first one. Then store up. Look at. Uh, we're going to look at eleven and thirteen right here. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. In other words, break our relationship. In 13, with my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. I declare what you have said. I think storing up is a, is a really good image as well. Throughout this whole Psalm 119, you'll see all these different images that help us get a grip on what it means to know God's word, how to do it, what it should encourage us to do that. And uh, in this case, you know, when you go to the pantry at your house, and you're starving, or the fridge, and you open it up, and you're like, Every, everything in there looks awesome? You're like, yes. That, that doesn't always happen. But when it does, you guys know the feeling. And for me, the best kind of feeling when I open the fridge is, is that, not that it's farm to table, that it's as fast into my stomach as possible. Okay. There doesn't need to be this big distance or process. I just want some food. I want it to be good, and I want it now, and I need it now, right? Or have you ever been to the guy's house who has, like, all the tools totally perfectly organized? Everything, nothing they don't need, everything they do need, on the wall, perfect. The right things are stored up, so when the thing comes that's a problem, we've got what we need to solve the problem. Right? And you know what's not in there is a bunch of gross stuff and stuff we don't need that's going to make us sick. right? And I think when he says store this stuff up, that we're storing up the Word of God. The more and more of it we put within us, the more it pushes out the other stuff. We starve those other things and feed the good that the Word of God helps us to, um, to find within okay, the refrigerator of your life. Sorry, I had, to, I had to go into that. Um, but storing it, this is important, it means committing it to memory. Because look what he says. He says, I declare with my lips. We can't declare with our lips. We can't say things accurately that we don't actually know. And I mentioned to you guys last week that, sad that I know too many words from songs I probably shouldn't know the words of. Even last night, a bunch of us were having dinner at uh, Tio, And they were playing a disco playlist from the 70s. So what is that, 40 years ago? 45 years ago? And they played maybe 10, 12 songs? I knew every word of every song. <laughs> it was embarrassing. And I was that, literally that old guy in there. Like if you're a young kid, I'm the old guy in there to old songs going... You know, singing the words, you're like, that guy is such a dork. And that's what I was doing. Because I knew and loved those words of those songs. And let me tell you, there is nothing more vapid, worthless, or useless than the words of a disco song. (laughs) Check it out. See if I'm right. I'm just talking about the words, the music. But I know all of that from my lips. So what he says is store up the word of God inside you so so much so that, that it can come out. Okay. Now, just a, a little tip on that. Don't go to if you want to learn a verse or something, don't go to the hardest verse of all time in the worst tran- the hardest to read translation, you know? Just pick a really nice one that's really easy to memorize and learn it so you can come out of your mouth. So you can be said So store it up, seek it, and then last, and and just briefly on this, he he says treasure it. The way he says this uh, in verse 14, make the word a treasure to you, the word of God. It says, in the way of your testimonies, I delight, in other words, in your word, I delight as much as all riches. That's a pretty strong statement because I like money. And he basically flat out says, more than any amount of money that could be given to me, anything I can earn, any size bank account and all the things that come with it, I will choose your word. Wow. I, I'm thinking maybe I can memorize the book of Psalms and then I can have all the money. I mean, that does sound kind of funny, but it's really sadly true. Because I put money in pursuit of things and all that way in front of knowing the Word of God. That's the, that's the truth worked out in my life. But what I what I think, as much of a strong statement as that is, what I think is, is cool about this in the whole book, this whole um, chapter of 119, is that he just keeps coming back and saying, seek after this. Add the Word of God to your heart. Learn it. Learn it. Learn it. Learn more about who God is through this. And it's one of those things where the more, at first we might go, okay, I'll try it. We learn a little bit. We continue on that path because we believe the psalmist is right. We believe the words of, of God through the psalmist are true. So we continue to pursue. And the more and more we pursue that and store it in our hearts and seek after it, pretty soon we start to value it. It's, it's kind of that those dominoes fall. We value it more and more and more. So we may not start out with this huge value for the word of God, but... It's it is a decision we need to be prepared to make. That's what he's saying. And the more we dig in, seek, store up in our hearts, I think the more more we will value it as we go forward. So let me uh, let me close with this: um, knowing the word of God and knowing Him through it is not the magic silver bullet that is going to keep us from dealing with wanting to be happy through ways that are going around or lighting the fire in the wrong spot. It's not a silver bullet. It's not going to fix everything. We're still going to struggle. We are messed up. We live in a messed up world. Everything is telling us to go the other direction. So we're going to struggle. But this is saying, you it's making a proposition and a promise. You will be happy if you learn, know, treasure the word of God and know him through it. And... I'd rather be a struggling person, broken person, who can find blessedness or happiness because I know him, God through his word than one who says, you know what? I'm not even gonna do that. I'm just gonna stay where I'm at. So let's take the, this guy's word, uh, think it through, store up the word of God in our hearts. Let me, let me pray. God, we, uh, we, have, uh, we, we prioritize in a funny way. I and mean, we are easily distracted so we confess that and we ask God that you will help us to draw near to you through your word in Jesus name amen all right you guys have an awesome week